Shabbat Shalom. This morning we'll be turning to the Brit Chadashah, to the book of Matityahu, chapter 28, and Yeshua's final commands, his commission, if you would have it, to his disciples, his Talmudim, which basically fits under the rubric of go, grow, and know. So let's uh, first turn to Matityahu 28 and verse 19 and read the passage there. Let's start at verse 18. Yeshua came and spoke to them, saying, All authority has been given to me in heaven and on earth. Go, therefore, and make disciples, Talmudim, of all the nations, immersing them in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Ruach HaKodesh, teaching them to observe all things that I have commanded you. And lo, I am with you always, even to the end of the age. Amen. These verses have often been called the Great Commission. They have been called the heart of God, as missions is sometimes portrayed as the heart of God for this world. And here we are on Labor Day weekend. We are, as it were, launching into a new year. I know the Jewish New Year starts in about five weeks, if I'm correct, Um, and we will begin the year 5778, and we are on the threshold of, of stepping out into another year of activity. And Yeshua was also at a threshold when he gave this command to his disciples. He was on the threshold of ascending to the Father, where he would dwell at the right hand of the Father on high, while his Talmudim, his disciples, were on the threshold of a new ministry for themselves as well. Because up till now, they had always acted on the command and at the direction of Yeshua himself. But now Yeshua would be at the right hand of the Father Most High. He would be preparing, as he said, a place for them and for us. But his Talmudim would now be almost, but not quite, as we'll see later, but but in a sense, on their own. They had to know what was ahead. And in Matityahu, we have the command of Yeshua, which is, go. Go and make Talmudim. They themselves are Talmudim. They are those who have sat at the feet of Yeshua. Just as Rav Shaul sat at the feet of Gamliel, just as many Jewish people of the day would sit at the feet of their chosen teachers, 
Yohanan Hamatbil, as we say in English, John the Baptist. Yohanan had his Talmudim, people who found that his teaching resonated with them. They wanted to learn from him. And they would sit at his feet, and they would not only learn from what he said, but they would learn from his person, from the way he conducted his affairs, from the way he lived. They were with him not just for class time, but they were with him all the time. They were his Talmudim. And Yeshua's Talmudim had been with him as his Jewish custom and is in yeshivas today, the custom of our people as well. They had been with him for some time, learning his teaching, writing it down. As we can see in Matityahu chapters 5 to 7, they very carefully wrote down what he taught. And then Matityahu as a whole includes also what he did. They observed his actions, they learned from his teaching, and they became more and more, as they were with him, more like him. It's something that happens when you are with someone for an extended period of time. When you live with someone for a long time, you become a little bit like them. Older couples are often noted to look as if they belong together. That happens to us as people as we get older. We, we, we become alike. In fact, to be honest, owners and their dogs sometimes look as if they belong together. It's a natural process. And we choose who we want to be with, and we choose who we want to be like, and we grow alike. And Yeshua commands his Talmudim, those who have been with him now for some three years, who've been through the thick and through the thin, who've been with him at the high points when the thousands have gathered around him on the mountains to hear him teach, and when people have waved palm branches before him as he ascended the Mount of Jerusalem and ascended to Mount Zion, saying, Hoshiana. Blessed is he who comes in the name of the Lord. They've been with him when he has physically, with a whip, chased people out of the lower precincts of the temple, people who are desecrating that holy place in anger, cleansing it. And they've been with him through the low points, and some of them through the lowest point of all, as he wept and as he prayed in the Garden of Gethsemane, Gan Gethsemane. And now Yeshua tells them to go. They have become a little bit more like him. They've learned from him. And just like all of us who spend time with Messiah Yeshua, through a process that cannot be designed, it cannot be put into a class syllabus, they have become a little bit more like Yeshua. And Yeshua commands them to go and make disciples. Now, Matthew 28, 19, 20, 
there's a close close similarity, as some people have noted, to another commission that God gave. And this was in the book of Genesis, chapter 12, verses 1 to 3. And I think you'll see the similarity as we look at these verses. Deuteronomy, or Genesis chapter 12, verses 1 to 3. Here the Lord speaks to Avram. Get out of your country, from your family, and from your father's house, to a land that I will show you. I will make you a great nation. I will bless you and make your name great, and you shall be a blessing. I will bless those who bless you, and I will curse him who curses you. And in you, all the families of the earth shall be blessed. For the Jewish people, this is marching orders. This is the marching orders to Avraham, or Avram as his name was at that time. It is the command to go. He is in one place, but he is to go to a new place. It is a command to grow. Avraham is going to become the father of many nations, as his name will be given to him. Avraham, rather than simply Avram. The people who followed Messiah on this earth were to lead a movement of Talmudim that would grow from their 12 and the hundreds, maybe a few thousand, who after all that had happened in Jerusalem were still devoted to Yeshua the Messiah, to a movement that would encompass every nation of the world today where there are followers, Talmudim, of Yeshua, the Messiah. Not only was the command to go and to grow, but in both cases, the command is also accompanied by a promise. The promise that we can know that God is with us. And so we are given these three Headings, go, grow, and know in both scriptures that provide for us maybe a a little bit of a coat hook to hang the teachings that these scriptures contain for us on so we might remember. Go, therefore, make Talmudim of all the nations. It is an important task that the disciples have been given. If you can imagine them, they have seen Yeshua raised from the dead. But they have no idea what is going to happen. They are beginning to grasp the amazing significance of his person and his work. But beyond that, they have no idea of how great this is going to be in world history. They don't fully understand. Go and make disciples of all the nations. This is going to have profound personal implications for them because 10 out of the 11 there 
that day are going to give their lives for this good news that they are going to bring to the nations. It is a powerful, transforming message. Avram, on the other hand, he was going to go to a land he did not know. It was as if he too had laid everything on the line. He was commanded to leave his family and everything he knew and go to a primitive part of the world and there wait for God to work. The people of Israel are called the chosen people. It's a title, not that we gave to ourselves, but God gives to Israel in the Torah. People that have been chosen by him. There's a uh, former chief rabbi in England called Lord Emmanuel Jakobowicz. And he deals with this issue of chosenness in an interesting way that I think is actually biblical. He says, yes, I do believe that the chosen people concept, as affirmed by Judaism in its holy writings, that's the Torah, its prayers, and its millennial tradition. I believe, in fact, that every people, indeed in a more limited way, every individual is chosen or destined for some distinct purpose in advancing the designs of providence. Only some fulfill their mission and others do not. Maybe the Greeks, and I'm glad he says maybe, because he's speculating, maybe the Greeks were chosen for their unique contributions to art and philosophy, the Romans for their pioneering services in law and government, the British for bringing parliamentary rule into the world, and the Americans for piloting democracy in a pluralistic society. The Jews were chosen by God to be peculiar unto me as the pioneers of religion and morality that was and is their national purpose. He makes a point that chosenness is not limited to Israel. There is a peculiar chosenness that is given to Israel. God has a peculiar calling upon Israel. But as we know, and Rabbi Yakovovitz didn't make recourse to the Brit Chadashah, as we know, God has also chosen from every nation in this world those who would follow him. God has already chosen us to be his disciples. Israel has this commission. The disciples are to extend, as it were, this commission to the world that they are in the midst of it, in the midst of. And sometimes I think we fail to grasp because we are in a pluralistic world where we're so used to dealing with so many different ethnic groups that we are all part of, and we're all part of different groups, sometimes we fail to grasp what the world of Yeshua and his Talmudim was like. When Yeshua said, go to all the nations round about, this was a little bit like sending people to Mars. And now we are in the world where... We are talking about sending people to Mars on a one-way trip because we don't know how on earth we'd ever bring them back to Earth. 
But the rest of the world was a completely different world than the Talmudim had been raised in. They had been raised in the Galil, in Galilee. Yes, they knew people from the nations, but they were part of a very Jewish world. And to be part of Israel was to be part of a very peculiar people who were different from every other nation that the Romans had conquered. And the Romans had learned and had to accept this because every other nation was willing to accept that in some way Caesar was divine, that somehow he was unique, and they were willing to pay homage. But the Jews were different because they would only pay homage to the one true God. Remember in, uh, in the book of Esther, her uncle, who refuses, Mordecai, refuses to bow before Haman as Haman goes through the gates. The Jews are different from everybody else. God has given us a command not to bow before anyone else than the one true God. And now the disciples are going to bring this really transformative, somewhat subversive in the Roman Empire, because now you're going to teach people not to bow to Caesar. That's a bit of a problem in the Roman world. Now they are going to bring this good news of the one true God and his son, the Messiah, who had come and revealed him to us, to all nations. They were going to do something radical, They were going to bring this good news to the world. It's the good news that we bring today as we become Talmudim of Messiah Yeshua ourselves. Because the disciples are not going to make disciples who will be merely their disciples, but as Rav Shaul says elsewhere, be disciples of me or follow my example as I follow Messiah. They are going to be making, ultimately, disciples of Yeshua the Messiah. And that is a powerful thing. We live in a world where many people like to make disciples of their own. They like to start their own movements. They like to gather their own flock. They like to have their own groupies, if you will. And we've seen this not only in the world around us, but sometimes even among God's people, those who acknowledge Yeshua as the Messiah. The worshiping of leaders, the following of leaders, even when they take their disciples down the wrong path. But we are in the business of being disciples and making disciples of Yeshua HaMashiach. Kehilat Zion and other congregations like us, are seeking to point people to him, not to a denominational um, affiliation, not to a certain program, but to Messiah, Yeshua. It is a radical thing. In Matthew chapter 10 and verse 5, after all, Yeshua had turned to his disciples And he had said to them, calling them to go to the people of Israel. Matthew 
Matityahu, chapter 10, verse 5. These twelve Yeshua sent out and commanded them, saying, Do not go into the way of the Gentiles, and do not enter a city of the Samaritans, but go rather to the lost sheep of the house of Israel. Amazing commands. And many scholars look at this and they say, what has happened here? In Matityahu chapter 10, Yeshua says, go to Israel only. And now he says, go to the nations. God's program is a great program. We will get to refer to Matityahu 10 again later on as we continue. But Yeshua gives us orders. We know what those orders are in Matityahu and throughout the Brit Chadashah. We are to focus on him, but he tells us that we are to love the Lord our God with all of our heart, with all of our soul, and with all of our strength. And then he says the second commandment is like unto it. You shall love your neighbor as yourself. We have our marching orders as Talmudim. And each one of us here today, hopefully, are Talmudim of Messiah. Hopefully, we are seeking to learn from him. In Judaism, we have a tremendous heritage and tradition of study. That is tremendously important. It it is part of who we are, and it is part of whom I think God calls us to be. It is why we are sometimes called people of the book. But that is something for all of us, whether or not we can be great scholars. (laughs) Something for all of us is to learn of Messiah Yeshua. And the books, the Tanakh, the complete Jewish Bible as we call it, including the Brit Chadashah, has much learning in it, but it is ultimately guiding us to God and to Yeshua. And using these words and following their direction, we want to become Talmudim of him. Because knowledge itself is empty. Knowledge itself puffs up. That's not who we want to be. It's great to amass knowledge, but it is not in itself of any value. What is of value is that amazing process where we get to know Messiah Yeshua, where we get to know God, where we are empowered by his spirit and walk closer and closer to him. And as God works within us, We begin to produce the fruit of the Ruach HaKodesh. We begin to become more like Messiah. We become more like the one who sent him. We truly become his Talmudim. That is whom God has called us to be. And so we are commanded to go. We are told to go to all the nations. We are told to grow. And this is what the growing is given to us as in Matityahu, as Yeshua 
commands his disciples, immersing them in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Ruach HaKodesh, teaching them to observe all things that I have commanded you. Immersing. As with everything else, it's not simply the act of being immersed that is important here. It's everything that it symbolizes, everything that it points to. Yes, as believers in Messiah, we are to be immersed. But what it points to, as Rav Shaul says in the book of Romans, is that we are being immersed into his death and into his resurrection. What it points to is that we are being transformed, and it points to what God is doing within us, bringing us into a new life. And that immersion also points to us leaving behind the old ways, leaving behind the sinful past that maybe we have allowed ourselves to wallow in for far too long. And even while we know that we will not find perfection on this side of eternity, nevertheless, we are setting ourselves on this path to walk with God and to become his disciples. This path of purity, this path of holiness. We are to be immersed into him. Our commitment to God is not something that we add on to all of our other commitments and all of the other um, projects that we have in our lives. It is not simply saying that I will spend 5, 10, 15 minutes, half an hour, an hour with the Lord every day and and, and and leave it at that. It is actually saying my whole life, in my work, in my family relations, in my entertainment, and in my fellowshipping with God's people, every aspect of my life is given to Hashem. Hashem is the one who has given us his life. Our lives belong to him. We find that as we give our entire lives and devote our entire lives to him, he gives us our life back. He pours on the blessings. But our commitment to him is a full and total commitment. We are immersed into the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Ruach HaKodesh. Here we have one of those many scriptures that point out the nature of God, who is is Father, is Son, and is Spirit. Three persons, all distinct, all equally, are God. All are one, and yet are three persons at the same time. And we cannot find adequate explanations for it. It is simply something that we accept. We accept because we believe in the absolute unity of the one true God, and yet he is Father, Son, and Spirit. It's something that is an important thing for us to grasp and important for us to teach because as we come to the Father through the Son and as the Spirit guides us, to the Son. As we read in Yohanan chapter uh, 16, the Spirit guides us and leads us to Him. 
I'll just turn there very quickly. Yeshua says to his disciples, If I do not go away, the Helper will not come to you. Verse Chapter 16 and verse 7. But if I depart, I will send him to you. And when he has come, he will convict the world of sin and of righteousness and of judgment, of sin because they do not believe in me, of righteousness because I go to my Father and you see me no more, of judgment because the ruler of this world is judged. I still have many things to say, but you cannot bear them now. However, when he, the Ruach, the Spirit of truth has come, he will guide you in all truth. He will not speak on his own authority, but whatever he hears, he will speak, and he will tell you things to come. He will glorify me. It's an amazing passage where we see the relationship between Father, Son, and Spirit, where the Spirit speaks of Messiah Yeshua, and Messiah Yeshua draws us to God. The three work together to bring us to the worship and knowledge of God the Father, the one who has given us life. And here we have this command to grow, to make disciples, immersing in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Ruach HaKodesh and teaching to observe all things that Messiah Yeshua has commanded us. And Messiah Yeshua has not commanded us so much that we should be amazed and and think that it's a, a completely different teaching than what has gone before. Messiah Yeshua has reiterated those core essentials of the Torah, of loving God and of loving our neighbor. He has shown us the true intent of the Torah. Remember those many sayings where Messiah Yeshua says, you have heard, but I say unto you. He is showing his disciples the true nature of the Torah that God has given us and how it is to be interpreted and how it is to be understood. And in so doing, he has, in a, he has in a sense, completely transformed what is the developing Judaism of his day, a Judaism that is all involved with laws and particularities. And he has pointed to the nature of Torah as something that guides us to a life that is truly pleasing to Hashem, teaching them to observe all things that I have commanded you. I think for us, the question is, how can I be a better Talmud? How can I be a better disciple of Messiah Yeshua? How can I let him work through me more powerfully? His Ruach HaKodesh, how can I let his Ruach work through me and transform me more and more daily to be like Yeshua, our Master? The answers are fairly simple as we look in the Brit Chadashah. We are told to look unto him, the author and finisher of our faith in the book of Hebrews, chapter 12, verse 2. We are uh, commanded in Hebrews chapter 6 and verse 1 as well. 
um, to go on to perfection, not laying again the foundation of repentance from dead works and of faith toward God. And that writer goes on. We are to seek that gold standard that God sets before us. We know that this is something for the olam haba when we actually achieve that. But nevertheless, as we have a goal, we move towards it, seeking to let God work through us, transforming us daily so that we might become more like the image of his Son. So we are commanded to go and to grow. But here we come to the final part of this message. We are to know something. This is something that God wants Avram to know in Genesis chapter 12. He says, know that I am going to be watching over this entire process where you are going to become a blessing to all the nations. Because I will bless those who bless you and I will curse those who curse you. God is not simply giving Avram a commission in Genesis chapter 12, but he is saying, I am going to watch over this process. I am going to make sure that it comes to fruition. And throughout history, we can see, and we usually recount it at Purim, we can see how God throughout the ages has blessed those who bless us and has cursed those who have cursed us. And we can list the enemies who have come against us, as we say at Pesach, in every generation there have been those who have been raised up against us. Most recently here in Canada, we have someone in Saskatchewan who has called for a genocide against the Jewish people, and I'm hoping that he will be um, prosecuted under hate crime laws, because he is both denied the Holocaust, and then in his next breath said, um, and I hope that it, we, we do a better job next time in exterminating the Jewish people, thus acknowledging actually he knows the Holocaust occurred, showing the evil behind this kind of Holocaust denial, in that it ten, hopes that they will wipe us out as a people. There are always those who will rise up against us, but God, blessed be he, has delivered us from their hand. Avram has been given that promise. And we can see it throughout history. God has brought us to this point. And Yeshua says this in Matityahu chapter 28 and verse 20. Lo, I am with you always, even to the end of the age. It's a parallel just as Avram was given a commission, so are we given a commission uh, through the Talmudim. And Yeshua says, I will be with you always to the end of the age. We can depend on him and we can know that he is with us. And sometimes we go through tremendous struggles and tremendous difficulties in life. But we can know that even when we do not see him, even when maybe our hearts are failing because of the obstacles we see before us, 
and things seem insurmountable and our problems cannot be solved. At the same time, we can know that as long as we are going, that's the first command, go and make disciples. As long as we are living our lives for Messiah, he is there with us in that. And he will bring us through. I am with you always, even to the end of the age. We used to have that saying, what would Jesus do? People said, and as Messianic Jews, we say, what would Yeshua do? W-W-Y-D. We are given this this, um, command by God to be like him and know that he is with us. Many times we face difficulties in our lives. Sometimes it's simple things. Um, you know, just drawing an illustration out of a hat, I was thinking this morning of how yesterday there was a little conflict with my son. And I don't know if he even noticed it. But in the heart of my wife and I, there was a little bit of frustration. He had spent all day in his room, and he had been playing video games all day. We hadn't seen him. How can he do this, and doesn't he realize he needs to take part in the family? And the response that we had could either be to cut him off and could have been to act in our flesh, or maybe to act the way that God might act towards us, in that he would communicate to us his love, And as he does, he also communicates to us his standards. And he seeks to draw us to him. We shouldn't avoid conflict necessarily. But when there is conflict, it needs to be constructive to bring glory to God. Lo, I am with you always, even to the end of the age. Messiah Yeshua says. Now, going back to Matityahu chapter 10, there the disciples were told to go only to the lost sheep of the house of Israel. Now they are being told to go to all the nations of the world. And of course, people have had many different interpretations of this. Some people say the nations are all the nations of the world excluding the Jewish people. Another possibility that's been debated is, well, maybe it's all the nations including the Jewish people. And other people might say, and it has yet to be argued very well, that maybe they might have understood it when Yeshua said it, that maybe he's just talking about going to the Jewish people among all the nations of the world. You have the various possibilities. But they, they clearly understood it, as we see later on, to refer to all the nations of the world. But the, the question of the Jewish people comes up. Because Yeshua did say, go to Israel, the, only the lost sheep of the house of Israel, excluding the nations, in chapter 10. And here Yeshua is saying, go to all the nations, And is this a turning away from the people of Israel towards the nations? And some people have argued and said this is the replacement of Israel in God's plan with the church. And God has now 
forgotten and is leaving Israel behind because they have rejected the Messiah and now he is turning to the nations of the world. There's a huge problem with this idea that we call it replacement theology or supersessionism. One of the problems is clearly what the book of Acts reveals to us and what Rav Shaul's epistles reveal to us and what the so-called Catholic or Hebrew Christian epistles, which are Yaakov, uh, Hebrews, Yohanan 1, 2, and 3, and Peter 1, and so forth. These epistles, um, all of them speak of God's continued concern for the Jewish people. God is not finished with Israel yet. And so there's a huge problem in saying this does not include Israel. So how does it include Israel? And the answer is, as um, a scholar from Trinity Western University, he's no longer there, but Craig Evans used to teach there for a number of years, Um, as he wrote in his commentary on Matthew, this is actually what God had promised to Israel. That the gospel would be so great that it would burst beyond the confines of the people of Israel. This is that all peoples, nations, and languages should serve him. That all will be brought to to an obedience and understanding of the faith of the patriarchs and the prophets. All will be taught a righteousness that must exceed the righteousness of the scribes and Pharisees. Craig Evans says, um, Israel's place of priority has not been set aside. Far from it. Under the authority of its Messiah, Yeshua, Israel's jurisdiction over the nations can now be fulfilled. Israel, in a sense, will conquer the nations, not with the sword, but with the good news, the good news of the reign of God. This is what Messiah Yeshua is calling his disciples to. It is not a rejection of Israel, far be it, because Yeshua is the king of Israel who is going to come and sit on the throne of his father, King David. But Yeshua is calling us to a new world where the nations will come to know Israel's God. And far from Israel being at the periphery of this plan, as Rav Shaul says, God does have a promise that one day all Israel shall be saved. And as Messiah rules his people from Jerusalem, all nations, including the nation of Israel, will come to worship him. We as believers have this great privilege to become Talmudim of Messiah and in so doing, seek to make other Talmudim of him. It's one of the purposes of our Kehillah, that we should be lifting up among our Jewish people the name of Yeshua, our Messiah. Here we are, a congregation of Jews and Gentiles, who together love and worship him, and give him all the glory. And we are seeking to give him that glory in our world, but not forgetting the people of Israel to whom Messiah Yeshua has come. 
And so let us continue in our prayers and in our witness to bring glory to him. Avinu Sheva Shemayim, we thank you for your son Yeshua who came to us to reveal to us your glory. The glory as of the only begotten of the Father, full of grace and truth. Father, we pray that you might continue to work in us as we spend time with you, as we spend time with your people, as we spend time in your word, that we might more and more become like your son, Messiah Yeshua, who has revealed you to us. And Father, we pray that we truly might be a light that is set on a hill that cannot be hid We pray that our light might not be hidden under a bushel, but might be clear and plain for all to see. And that as we lift you up, that people from all nations and from your people Israel as well might come to know Messiah Yeshua, who has made a way to you, to your very holy of holies, where we can come into your presence. We pray these things in the name of Messiah Yeshua himself. Amen.